Today on the show, I sit down with Lakmeet Singh, a good friend of mine who's a Kundalini Yoga instructor and sound healing therapist. Please continue to support the program by rating and reviewing it on iTunes and sharing it with a friend. If you know someone that you think would enjoy the podcast, hey, share it with them. You can also support the podcast with a donation going to the storyofmepodcast.com and on the contact page, there's a donate button and make a small contribution to help support the expenses. You can also go on the podcast website to ask your questions to be answered on the program and for links to follow me on social media. I would like to apologize for the sound quality in this episode. It's not the greatest. And towards the end of the interview, the sound gets a little bad, but please bear with it. And thank you, and my apologies. Okay, now let's get to it. Beautiful am I, bountiful am I, blissful am I. Welcome to the story of me with Amarjit Singh. This is where my guests and I share personal stories from our life and explore the psychological insights that were learned from these experiences. Each story will entertain you as well as increase your understanding of your own psychological patterns. Then, through the principles of yoga psychology, you will learn how to overcome the resistance that is holding you back from living a more fulfilling life. Join me every Tuesday for a new episode where I share my experiences in psychological understanding, interview guests, and answer listener questions. Now let's get started with the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding. Welcome to the show. My name is Amarjit Singh and I am your host. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you're doing well. Today on the show, I sit down with a good friend of mine, Lakmeet Singh. Uh, He's from Mallorca, Spain, but we met in India about eight years ago and instantly became very good friends. It's interesting because his name, Lakmeet, Lak is hundreds of thousands and Meet is friends, is very fitting for him because he's a very friendly and open uh, and authentic person and easy to get along with uh, and, and fun to be around. I was his introduction to kundalini yoga, and since then he's become a kundalini yoga instructor and also a sound healing therapist. So today we'll talk about his journey, kundalini yoga, and sound healing therapy. It's always nice to see people progress through their journey, and as Lakmeet has gone through his process of healing and growing through kundalini yoga, I've been able to witness this and sharing his experience. And if you'd like to connect with him, you can go to the social media. I'll put the links in the episode description. On Instagram, it's lakmeet8, L-A-K-H-M-E-E-T, 8. And on Facebook, it is lakmeet sing 8. Again, lakmeet is L-A-K-H-M-E-E-T, sing S-I-N-G-H, and eight. So sit back and enjoy the conversation that I had with my friend Lakmeet Singh. 
Welcome to the show, Lakmeet. Thank you for joining me today. Satnam Amarjit, it's a pleasure for me to be here with you. Yeah, Satnam, I, I was just thinking that it's been eight years since we met. Yeah. Can you believe it? You know, that's uh, it went by very quick. We met in, in Rishikesh in India, uh, walking down the street. Uh, we, we started talking to each other and, and just kind of uh, hit it off. And, and I think we even had dinner that first night we met, right? Yeah, I can remember <laughs> pretty well when you came to me to ask for my dreadlocks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And we start to talk to, well, you start to talk to me to many incredible things. I was just, what, what's, what's he telling to me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we wind up uh, doing Kundalini yoga together. I was teaching you and, and your, your girlfriend at the time. And was this your, your first introduction to Kundalini yoga? Yes. I didn't know about Kundalini yoga and I was trying all types of yoga in Rishikesh and other places. And I start to felt, oh, if this is yoga, I, I don't have any connection. And I can remember really well the first Kriya you did were the 10 bodies. Okay. And after this class was like, what's going on with this? No, was incredible. <laughs> oh, it's nice. touching something really special to me. It, it, but you had been doing yoga before this, right? Yeah, but just like trying, just trying to find something in me. But I, I really didn't find nothing interesting with the other yoga in that time. I was practicing Vipassana. Mm -hmm. I was like a, my meditation practice. So I think I've been in this Kundalini community for about 20 years now. And it's interesting because I go to the festivals in, in France or in New Mexico. And, you know, you see people their first time at the festival. Then you see them five, six years later after they've been practicing Kundalini pretty regularly. And you can see the change in them. How has this change been for you over the past eight years? What have you experienced? Wow, all my life changed uh, after this first Kundalini yoga class. Because, you know, I, I was in this process to try to change many things in my life, no? I was aware of many things that was toxic for me, but I didn't know how to do it, how to get action to change my life. And after uh, I started to practice with you, because I remember I was practicing like every day in this rooftop there in India. Um, mm -hmm. I remember after, after three months, wow, I started to, to observe how my mind started to change, how I was more... Um, align it with my thought, my emotions, and my actions. And this before was uh, very difficult for me because I have like this aware or this good uh, ideas, but I, I, I work with a lot of confusion. After this, I start to change my life because I had this power to do it. 
And so now after eight years, how has this change been? Can you, can you feel this change or, or what has been the biggest change from the first time you, you began this regular practice to now in eight years? Yes, now I live my purpose in life. You know, now I feel to I'm in my correct way to I can express my authentic self. I, I really feel this connection with me and the source. And before I, I felt was an illusion. I was a, like an idea to to arrive there. But now I I can feel how I can project my my energy where I want and create what I want also. Yeah, well, one, one thing I, I, I can say, because we connected pretty well when we first met and we have a nice relationship. And, you know, I, I look at people in many ways, but there, there's one way to look at them is some people just find something they're very good at and, and they, they're able to do it. And then there's other people who are able to do anything that they apply themselves to. Some people just happen to be good at something and they find their, that this, this thing and, and they do it. And then there's other types of people that they can figure things out very well. And, and this is one thing that I think uh, we connect on pretty well is that you can do a lot of different things. And in fact, when we met, you were making jewelry. And then now you've gone on to do many different sound healings, different therapies, Take me through some of this. What about the, the jewelry making? Do you still do that? And is that something that's in your past or what happened with this? Uh, you know, it's a good question because just the last two days, I'm, I miss to work with my hands a lot because I spent about six, seven years, like just focus on create my own style of jewelry. And now the last year and a half, I, I don't, I don't have time. I put all my energy in Kundalini and the uh, gong and I really passionate with this way, but I don't do like creative thing with my hands and I miss it because was, uh, I think was with Kundalini was my first therapy. I was not aware to watch my therapy, but now I, I can miss these moments for me. Just open my mind, take it some semi-precious stone and let it my creativity flies yeah but it's an important thing in my life but i don't do it now yeah yeah i think it's a good balance for me making the flutes was a, a good way to find this balance because i was teaching and writing and and just really speaking a lot and so the one year i took off of teaching and just focused on making flutes it was really nice for me to yeah create something with the hands to use your creativity in a different way and uh and this is one thing i think we have in common is that we have a lot of curiosities and we're able to find some things that we're interested in and then figure out how to do them. And right now you've been doing this, I think for quite a while with the gong and, and how's your journey with the gong? Can you share this with the listeners? Yeah, it's a really good teacher, the gong. You know, I'm, I'm really fascinated with the power of the gong because it's a very intuitive instrument where uh, they give me what I need. I don't have to put a purpose. You know, I just open this window and I start to play. 
And these uh, many things start to to just rise up from me. And also I can feel how they adjust all my uh, electromagnetic field, my aura, and also my channels. I can feel how the energy, uh, my nadis, are more clear, more subtle. I think it's like the gong helped me to put me in my way in a subtle way, also in a powerful way, but also it's a really um, prosperity instrument. And after I start to play the gong, many doors start to open in my life, like incredibly, yeah. In Feng Shui, they say to is like the most um, important instrument for prosperity and abundance, and I'm living in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how does this gong, maybe you can explain for the listeners. I have some listeners who are not Kundalini yogis and maybe haven't been exposed to the gong so much. Can you talk a little bit about the experience from the perspective of the participant in maybe a gong bath and then also then your experience with it? Wow, is a is a have a lot of uh, uh, different experience. You know, the last the last uh, Sunday, one week ago, um, one woman after the gong bath come to me and say me, you know, I start to watch my body from outside, and why this happens to me? And she was like scared, you know, like what what's going mm. on? And she asked me, maybe my soul don't love me maybe i am not uh, a good body for my soul i mean no no it's nothing like this it's an astral travel you know and it's just mm. a, a a really good experience to you can feel you are something more than a body you know and just give time to repose this experience but in a one gong bath you, you can have like a really different experience like to you go out of your body and maybe sometimes you can go to another past life. This happens a lot. To you, you can remember some traumatic or some deep experience in another life. There are also other person to maybe go in a really deep uh, meditation because the gongs have something really incredible to is they create a tune to, we say, binaural, and this creates a collapse in your mind. And the vibration just bring to a really deep meditation. You don't have to do nothing. It's like a one particularity of the gong to th this experience. For this many times, the people, after five minutes, they, they just disconnect from the conscious mind and the body start to feel all the energy, how you can absorb you you can feel like vibration everywhere or sometimes there are people to say me to their they feel like if they are levitating also mm -hmm. also the time and the space you you are out of time and the space the people always say me oh just 45 minutes wow it looks like if i is 10 minutes to me no and if you if you see when you are after the, the yoga class, many times when you are doing the savasana, after seven, eight minutes, 
maybe some students start to feel pain because uh, they are on the ground with the combat. You can stay uh, um, 45 minutes and you feel like it's nothing because also this um, uh, sensation of the body change a lot. And also we do a puja gong to seven, seven hours and a half all the night. You're playing the gong for seven hours. And a half. And you have to do with three persons because it's, it's a lot to play. But you go in a, an incredible um, experience where you go out of time and space and you regenerate all your cells. Because we say bath, no gong bath. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's because we bath all the body, the subtle, the physical, emotional, and mental. We bath with these uh, deep uh, and profound uh, vibrations. And, and so this seven and a half hour gong bath, how does this begin? They come at night when they're due to go to bed and they just sleep through this? Or what are they doing? Yeah. We do at night because we use this uh, tired, no? The body is tired and have mm-hmm. less resistance. And we use this, we, this uh, time from 11 at night to 6.30 in the morning. And we use this also subtle space where there are no thoughts on the environment and also that the body is more tired and we just play for seven hours and a half and the people go in this state today sleep for a moment and the other it's awakened a little bit, but the people don't, don't move. And many times if you are sleeping, uh, it's, it's perfect because the, the body is uh, really relaxed. And when mm-hmm. the, the body is really relaxed, the vibration can go deeper. And and you do this with uh, two other gong players, so there's three in total. Yeah, the best is to do with five. But here in Mallorca, uh, we start now to create a a really beautiful family. But before, we were just two, three uh, gong players. But just now, uh, I'm organizing a, a, a gong training and the next month we will be more than 15 gong players here in Mallorca and we start to do with more people with more gongs and this is more rich for the the experience and and you're not playing at the same time or are you playing at the same time with the other people the idea how we do is uh we start the the three at the same time for an hour and after we just change every 40 fi- 45 minutes or one hour. For this one is playing for an hour and mm-hmm. the other two person are sleeping. And we just have turns all the night. And, and when you're playing, is there when you're playing with other people, is there something that you're playing together? How do you play together with someone? Is there is this just improvised or is this kind of planned out or how does this work? We have our pattern. We just uh, fix which pattern we will play because the gong is like a beam and you can play uh, different chakras or different nadis. And also during, uh, during the puja at night, you cannot play it loud. 
you have to be really subtle, really sensitive. Otherwise, will be too much because we have to get in a trance, mind trance, and we have to keep all the night respecting all these kind of states where we are sleeping, you know? For mm. this, we just fix a pattern when we start and we play together, but after what we care is the the um, how loud we play this is really really important because everything really subtle will be a lot in that moments in the gong bath is is different you can play uh, different yeah okay and and then in the morning when the participants are finished and they're ready to leave, what is the most common experience for them? Is there a common experience or is it very different for everyone? Yeah, it's really, you know, the people don't talk too much after the puja. We always have some fruit and some tea and the people are in another state. You know, you are really, you can feel everything your body is really sensitive every word every sound we always try to do in some place where is uh, nature around and when you wake up in the morning we give time to just uh, start to wake up but after you are really sensitive and the people are just taking time to to come back yeah we we play I play your flute always in the morning to wake up and to give something mm. to just say, okay, we are here in the in the earth again. And yeah. And are you doing this at yoga centers or at a, a retreat center or outdoors? Where are you normally doing this? Uh, I do in some like um, Yoga centers, no, more than how you say, how I can say, like fincas, where, yeah, some place where they do You're like a retreats. retreat center or something. Yeah, yeah. with okay. nature. And now we are doing in a yurta. You know, yurta yeah. is this Mongol yurt, yes, house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this is incredible because the energy of the place is, is incredible. And it's, is, uh, is around, you know, it's circle. And for the sound, this is really good because it arrives to every part, every place, the same. In, in the in the yurt, are you putting the gongs in the middle or out around the outside, or how, how do you yeah, we position the gongs? In the middle, we put in the middle, in the middle, and the sounds arrive everywhere. Really nice. The last time we was, we had five gongs, and with five gongs for thirteen people was really good. Okay, and and so you've been doing other sound healing too. Do you do also with the crystal balls, or are you still doing this? Yeah, you know the the, the gong opened something really uh, nice in me because now I just have the gongs like the masters to guide the the sound session. But after I play the quartz bowls, I have also a Native American flute from you. So it's amazing. Also, I have a ravast. So it's like a hangpan. So it's really meditative. And I play, yeah, a chamanic drum, ocean drum. I have about didgeridoo also. And what I really like to do, 
is to just bring all the instruments to the place and allowed allowed me to play what I feel during the session because everywhere depends the place, depends the day, also depends the energy of the astronomic day and everything uh, helps me to choose what I want to play because, you know, every, every sound healing is different for me. I never have any structure. Just I uh, give this uh, free space to feel what I want to play every every time I do. And something to for me is really special with the gong is you can play in the same place two times. I never will sound the same. For this we say to with the gong, you are the instrument. <laughs> is the gong mm. to is who want to express to express, no? And is there you know, I don't know so much about playing the gong. I know about experiencing it from the perspective of being in a yoga class. Is there a journey with learning how to play this gong? Yeah. You know, because I think most people look at it, especially people who are not kundalini yogis and don't really understand the effects of sound and what we call nod yoga and how you can incorporate this sound to stimulate, like you were saying, the different chakras or the different vibrations within someone to deal with trauma or to deal with some experience they're having? Yes. Um, from the school I come, uh, Vikrampal uh, show how to play the gong for a really or for many different uh, ways, depends what you want to work. Because if it's a gong bath, it's different because you have a group of people, maybe 20, 30, and you just, or I just allowed what I want to play. But if I'm working with Kundalini Yoga Kriya and they are a gong, I will search how to play um, the gong for... Um, help the job we did in the Kriya, no? Or also I do uh, individual sessions. And if it's like this, we I do uh, first an interview to adjust where we want to, to, to work. And for stress and anxiety and um, pain, it's, it's really nice. It's really helpful. And you have to know how to play with different uh, touch and also depends the place of the gong. You can work in many different ways. So then if someone is coming to you for a, a private gong bath and they're dealing with anxiety and stress, how would you play? What do you do differently to affect this compared to maybe when you're in a yoga class and you're doing a Kriya for the heart chakra or something like this? How, how does this compare in your playing? What is different? Yeah, for, for stressed people or anxiety to now I think is really common. I will search a grave sound because it bring you in a deep, relaxed state you know and from this mm. state i will play more subtle and they are a way to balance the left uh, left and right part of the mind and just working in these deep sounds and these movements 
I can bring the mind in a really deep, relaxed state. And from this, a lot of release uh, will start to do it. And if I will do it after one Kriya for the heart chakra, I will play in the heart chakra place in the gong because we have all the seven chakras and also the electromagnetic field on the gong. And I will search this point to vibrate in, in that frequency to work with the heart chakra of the people. How do the, 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 the vibrations and the frequency differ from these two? I mean, if just for the listener, if they're sitting there experiencing this, wh- how would they explain the difference in, the, in, in this? Would they notice this? I don't know. I think they will feel it. But, yeah, uh, I don't know if they will be aware of this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think... I think I, I have the intention. I know how to play to go there, but I don't know how how they will receive. But you're saying then, if you're doing for anxiety and these things, it's a lower frequency. So you're basically playing with the different frequencies to target, so to speak, something in the body or in the mind. Yes. Okay, and 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 so. This is kind of then how this this gong is working is based on the frequencies. So you're able to then match up the frequency fre- frequencies with different uh, traumas or different experiences that they're seeking. Yes, and then another thing that is really interesting. For this, we say the gong is the guru, because also we say to, we say to in one gong they are all the sounds from the universe. For this, we can put an intention and I can play and the vibrations come to your body and just will check where you need, you know, and just will go where you need. And for this, the sound have the wisdom or how you need to feel, you know, for this sometimes it's easier because the power is not from me. It's from the it's from the sound, no? Mm-hmm. And this is really important. Yeah. And and so now this is what you've been focusing on for for I don't know, quite a while now, right? Yes. It's um I'm doing Kundalini and also I'm doing this gong bath and it's open a, a really good um a really good window in my life because I'm learning a lot f- from the sound. Mm-hmm. And also it's, it's nice because uh, for me, the, the gong have this wisdom to cut the ego also because I am not who I am doing, nothing really. I'm just uh, servicing the, the, the gong. And I think this is really important with the gong. For this, uh, I, I was in some experience to was too much the gong, you know, was like some uh, like um, because can be this um, idea to is a musical instrument, but for how I feel is a shamanic instrument, and you you have to create this kind of relationship to allow the gong express. I am not expressing with the gong, and. This is also a really important thing, 
Yeah. And so this is this is similar to when you begin teaching yoga. I know for me and I'm sure for many people is you're in front of the class and you're telling them, okay, this is how you do this kriya or this asana, and this is how you do this uh, pranayama or this meditation. And what is quite interesting is as a teacher, you're not really doing the yoga set completely. You're demonstrating it so that the students can experience it, but you're only doing it for a minute or a few seconds just so they can get the idea of the form and how to do it. But at the end of the class, for me, it feels that you experience the yoga as if you did the whole class yourself, and it's it's an experience like the student gets from doing the yoga, just from being in that room and from teaching it. And this is maybe, like you say, when the ego's gone and you're just kind of this channel to express this. Is this something that you experience with the gong as well? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same. And I can recognize when at the beginning, when I start to play, uh, I think sometimes I put uh, ego play, you know, to just show mm-hmm. uh, I have a gong and blah, blah, and all this ego talking. And uh, after some times, I realized to, I was nobody playing really. And this uh, helped me a lot to to understand uh, the profound wisdom of of the gong. Yeah, yeah. I think this this perspective isn't just about the gong. You know, like it, it's not even just about instruments. It's about everything. I know, for example, when I teach, if I'm just it's a workshop and I'm speaking and not teaching actually the kriyas. If I'm in my head thinking about my ego and about things that are related to this, the teaching one doesn't flow as well for me. It doesn't feel the same when I'm done teaching. But if I'm able to be open and just kind of be in that moment and let the intuition connect me to that that moment, when I'm done teaching, it feels very different. Or even during the teaching, it feels very different. And the same thing happens when I play the flute, whether I'm playing by myself in the room or I'm doing a sound healing, if I'm in the ego thinking about how good I sound or how bad I sound or this type of thing, it seems like you kind of close yourself down to a very small um, perspective. And when you let this go, then you start to incorporate things that are happening around you in your experience, what you're doing. And so I, I think, you know, you're saying it's about the gong is showing you to do this, but I think it's anything, right? It's it's whether you're teaching or you're doing some therapy or whether you're uh, making your jewelry. If you're allowing things to come in and to be in that moment, you're more open to create and and it's more of an experience than doing something. Yes, I I I I can feel like when I'm this when I'm open, I feel like if I'm in a flow, you know, is I'm not trying to control nothing, to don't judge nothing, to don't trying to put nothing in. I'm just in the present moment, no? And in that state, I enjoy and I learn a lot. But when I try to just, oh, I have to play good, or maybe the people, I don't know, I start to ask me, I, they are too much ego and too much mind 
wow, I really don't enjoy nothing. I don't get nothing for me, no? And yeah. Yeah, it's it's this self-doubt, you know, if, if there's a lot of judgment going on, then this closes the vibration or the closes the space for self-expression. You know, self-expression and self-judgment can't coexist. And I think writers experience this a lot because I know if I'm writing and I write a couple sentences and then I go back and I start editing these sentences right away and saying, oh, this wasn't so good or this wasn't so good, the flow of writing is gone. But if I just write a couple pages without thinking about it and go back the next day and read it, it's much easier because it wasn't, in fact, it doesn't feel like me that is doing the writing or doing the teaching. When I'm teaching and I'm in that flow, it, where, where I guess the we use this word, the flow, but instead of using this, maybe I'm in the moment and not thinking ahead, then it's almost like I'm teaching myself at the same time. I'm having an experience just like the students are having. Yeah, yeah, totally. This happens a lot also when I teach some workshop or some class to... If I prepare what I want to do, want to want to to say, I arrive there and there are no connection with the with the students because I'm trying to organize what I want to express. And but when I go there and I just connect with the present moment, the the words start to come out, you know, from another place. And I now with the time I can recognize where it come from from my mind where. Uh, is from my logic mal or no? When is from my intuition and this connection, no, with the golden channel also? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's you know what is intuition but a vibration? And, and being a gong player, you know everything is just vibration. And we have one thought, and this creates a particular vibration. And some vibrations are very coarse and very dense, and some vibrations are very subtle. And the vibration of intuition is a very subtle vibration. It's a very quiet vibration. And the only way to hear it is to stop thinking. And so when I know for myself, when I first started to teach, you can see, I think there's even some pictures in front of me, there's pages and pages of notes all spread out all over the place. And I wanted to make sure, okay, I cover this and I cover that and I cover this. And now I'll go and teach without one page of notes and it'll flow like I'm reading something, you know, in, in such a perfect way because I'm in the moment and I'm letting that moment speak to me through this intuition and it's kind of guiding me through this process. Yeah, yeah, I I'm totally agree with this. I remember at the beginning also with a lot of notes and after I arrived there, because I, I'm a kind of in, intuitive person, no, but my insecurity sometimes, you know, I just try to organize everything. But at the many times happens to me, I was with all these kind of pages and notes. And when I arrived there, I didn't open the, the notebook, you know, because I was like, oh, I don't feel to express this. And when I mm. explain from my mind, I, I feel no connection. And also the people, I start to watch the students just, distracted because they don't feel this connection because I, I'm not connected with me also, no? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and this is something that I think everyone can experience, whether they're a teacher or not a teacher, but just in whatever you're doing is to just allow yourself to to create without 
this preconceived idea of what should happen and how you should present yourself or how you should present this idea and just try to close the book and, and be present and let this flow out of you and, and follow this. And, and I think this is also the, the key to living this way as well. And, and this is how you kind of open yourself up to the possibilities of life, right? Yeah, sure. And me, this happens and also was one of my uh, knowledge to I, I, before I was back um, to organizing all the mantras for the classes or oh, for this asana, I will put this and from this asana, I will put this. And after when I was on the class, was not feel it this. I say, oh, no, I don't feel to put this vibration now, no, to hold the space. And I always start to do it what I want. And the, also was a, an other experience to say, no, I have now a, a carpet no, a, a filled with 400 mantras. And always I choose what I feel. And many times, no, the student after, oh, wow, this music or this mantra in that moment was perfect. I mean, for me, it's like, oh, wow, okay. And how, how have you been able to take this type of experience of, of being open to your intuition into your personal life? Uh, one of the, the first ways was to meditate, to understand what it's me and what is my mind and my thoughts. This was one really good um, a step to kind of observe this space between my consciousness and my thought. This was the first thing. And the other is just recognize to when I start to feel a lot of uh, movement in my mind, just close the eyes, breathe, and observe how the thoughts start to, to, to release or change, no? And start to move from this state, from this connection with my breath, from this calm. And... Uh, I was able to watch how the difference is my communication from this state of connection with my uh, breath, with my state, and the difference when I talk from my mind because I have to, or I want to say many things, you know. I think it's from mm. where I come from. And this, for me, is when I'm aware of my breath, my body, yeah, and many times they are not, um, when I don't want to arrive anywhere, you know, just uh, allowed to express what they are in that moment without way, without a point to go, to mm -hmm. arrive. And, and how has this affected your relationships? With intimacy. I feel connection when I move from that state all my relation change because i, I i'm uh, complete with silence and from this silence if i'm expressed from my heart i'm connect with this heart of the other people and i feel now i'm connect with this profound place not 
just accumulating relations and talks and dialogues. No, now is the people I have is because we connect in in a, a a deep way. Yeah, but I think the first thing was to recognize this intimacy with me. This was the first place, no, to recognize and to find this intimacy with me. Mm -hmm. And and now <clears throat> a lot of people have this idea that once you become a yogi and you're doing yoga for uh, many years that you have no more problems. Is this true? Do all your problems <laughs> go away? <laughs> I mean, I kind of know what you're going to answer, but I want you to say this because I, I know a, a lot of listeners may be thinking that are people who are new to yoga, or I, I see a lot of people who get very discouraged because they think I'm doing yoga and I'm still having issues. And, and so what, what do you say to that? Is your life perfect now, or, or do you still encounter problems? My life is perfect with problems, mm. but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the way how I leave the problems to change. But I think now maybe I have more, uh, more confrontation in, in life because I'm more prepared, I think. Um, but before the the problem was a waste. No, I put in my bag and I was a victim. No, like, oh, th this happens to me. And why life do it this to me or this person? Why treat me like this? No, mm -hmm. now I'm responsible of me and I know my power to, to, to just go ahead of the troubles. But not in the way to fight, in the way to accept and trying to bring an experience for my life. It's not a trouble. We say travel to put in a stick, but really is an experience to learn something for me. Right. Uh, you know, this is the thing is, is, you know, people think, oh, you're a yoga teacher. Yoga teachers don't have problems. They don't get depressed. They don't do all these things. And the, the difference between someone who is in this framework of yoga or in this uh, mental space or, or spiritual space, whatever you want to call it, is that they react differently to it, right? They, they can recognize quick quicker that they're having these issues and then how to interact with them differently because part of the problem with dramas and traumas and and different problems you have in your life these habit patterns that are causing you this suffering is your resistance to them the more you resist them the more difficult life becomes and one thing a, a yogi is able to do i think a little better depending on uh, the time of day and the year is how to accept them and how to just accept. And this is the first step to understanding because it's the resistance which perpetuates these issues. And so maybe like you were saying, it's how you interact with life. It's not that the problems go away, but it's that now you know you have the tools to use use them to solve the problems or to live the experiences is maybe a better word. Yes. 
True. And now I can learn. And this for me is really important because every experience I can learn something before was like a really victim. I don't know if you remember, I have a really funny experience with you also in Rishikesh when we, we met. Uh, I was with my girlfriend in that moment and she was in a travel agency to buy a ticket. And I, she was alone, you know, and she just was checking some plane tickets because we was to go, we were thinking to go to Bali or something like this. And I don't know, this travel agency, they do something really strange because my girlfriend didn't buy the ticket. She said, okay, I will come with Lakme tomorrow after tomorrow to choose the, the flight ticket. And she come to me and tell me, and we say, okay, we will uh, take some days to just think if we want to go in that date or the other date, something like this. After four days, I was walking in Rishikesh with my girlfriend and five motors, five motorbikes stopped and uh, put around to me and they want to hit my girlfriend. And I didn't understand nothing in that moment. And they just go ahead to my girlfriend. Oh, you have to pay me that, mo that money and me. Why, why, what, what's going on here? No, you just go here. I want to hit your girlfriend and me. Wow, I start to don't understand nothing because I didn't know about this plane ticket and start to come the police and all the street, you know, how Indians are, no? Yeah. Many people yeah. start to come there and I didn't understand nothing. But they were really aggressive with, with Elsa, with my girlfriend. And hey, after two hours, just they were screaming to me. Um, I understand to the agency, the travel agency, they both, they buy the tickets without our permission. They pay for the tickets. And I didn't understand nothing, but okay, this was a... Uh, this crazy experience. And after this, I start to walk to the hotel and you was in the same hotel like me. And I mm -hmm. arrived like really freaking out, really uh, with fear, really angry. And I start to tell to you, why, Amarjit, I, this happens to me. And you was neutral, just watching to me, you know, I was... Uh, waiting to you was reacting with me, you know, to this is the normal thing. And you, yeah, and you start to tell me, okay, and how do you feel at me? How do you feel? I'm really angry because I'm just freaking out and you was really calm, observe me. Okay, and what do you want, what you can do at me? I don't know. They asked me this and you just was there watching to me. And after two minutes with your presence, I just, go to my room and I didn't understand nothing like how Amarjit is not angry with me. You know, I was searching this emotional yeah. uh, sustain or something like this to yeah. make a drama. No, this, you know, Amarjit, yeah. this happens to me. And I just came back to my room and I start to meditate in their reaction, you know, like, wow, he didn't get angry with me. He didn't, no, just you start to just help me to find some solution. But I was not trying to find a solution. I was trying to find somebody to help me to do this drama bigger, you know? And this yeah. experience was like, really, I learned a lot. This uh, I observe and remember this experience a lot because 
yeah, your presence and your equanimity was really surprised me. Yeah. Uh, great. That that sounds very, very nice. Thank you. <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting because I think what you're talking about is something that is really prevalent in our communication these days, and more more so than ever, is that we have these conversations with people to emotionally manipulate them to either empathize with us, you know, or, or to think the same thing or to make them feel the same way we feel. So you're angry and you're saying this and you're hoping that I'm going to feel angry with you so you feel good about your anger, yeah. right? Is this yeah. kind of what was going on? And this is what we do these days. I mean, I had the other day, I had a, a very interesting experience. You know, I, I've posted some what people may think is controversial uh, post and, and social media, which they're not. They're, they're just common sense. But I did this before this pandemic, uh, before the lockdown started. I think it was in February of 2020 I did this. And all these people got mad at me and they, they said, oh, you're a terrible person. And they, I think I lost uh, hundreds of uh, followers because of these remarks. And, you know, I said, okay, let's let this play out a little bit. I'll, I'll back off these comments because these people are very sensitive about that. But here we are going on uh, the, the second year of this. And I post again some some things saying, you know, I, I started last year posting about this, and now what I said this year was true, and and and, uh, but people are still participating in this. And I got a, a private message, and they said, you know, I'm going to unfollow you because of these. Or un, I what did they say? They said I, I unfollowed your post because of the initial remarks, and then I just started following the post again, but now I'm going to unfollow them. And I thought about this, and I said, well, why is this person telling me this? Because there's no way I could have ever known about this, right? If you unfollow someone's post, you're still friends with them, but you, you don't see their post, and you have the person has no way of knowing. So why did this person feel the need to tell me that they were doing this, right? Yeah. Is to manipulate me to make me feel some emotion, to make me feel bad or to make me feel guilty. And, and I had even someone who wrote on the comments, you know, I thought more of you. Well, or, or you disappoint me. I go, one, I don't even know who you are. And, and, you know, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make me feel something by using this language. And I think this is really a problem these days in our communication is most of this language is not to find the truth or to find a conclusion, but to manipulate the way someone feels, to get them to feel what you feel, to feel this victimization, or to get them to feel bad or shame or guilt or, or something like this. Yeah, I, th I think I, I can see this in a common way to communicate with with. Uh, all the people, no? I, I can see how the, the, the parents don't say the truth to the children and they just going around, around to try to understand, to, to say something to really don't say the truth, you know? I think it's, or mm -hmm. here in Spain, in Spain, 
I can observe this manipulation a kind of way to relate, to have a relationship, to just be truth with what you feel or what you think, you know? It's, yeah, it's this, it's this manipulation instead of trying to get to truth or trying to get to a clear communication, it's to try to make this person feel something emotionally. And, and so I think this is what people need to ask themselves. Am I saying this so they will experience something emotionally? Or am I saying this because there's some clear communication and, and it's in a neutral way without this emotional uh, attachment or projection? And uh, if you look at today, we're so divided, there's so much going on, and people are feeling victimized. And they're taking this victimization and trying to project this onto everything. I mean, the other day, I was listening to a podcast, and this famous girl, I don't know her name, and I don't know who, who she is, but here in the U.S., I guess she's famous. And she posted something that she went into this, what is a, a chain of uh, frozen yogurt places. And I guess near the place where you pay the register, they had a bunch of diet cookies, you know, sugar-free. They're sugar-free cookies. And she wrote a post said, this is very offensive that I have eating disorders and they're presenting sugar-free cookies at this register to me and all this type of stuff that she felt victimized because they're selling cookies that have no sugar in them <laughs> because she had an eating disorder. And and it's it's crazy. It, it, it's insane how people are so narcissistic that they're thinking everything is about them. You know, we have a virus that, you know, the chance of dying, I don't know, one in a million or something like this, and people think it's going to happen to them. Yeah, totally. And, and so how do you think this ends? I mean, what's, what's going on? You're, you're living in Mallorca in Spain. Is it different there because you're on an island and people are more relaxed? Or, or what is happening there? No, it's the same. And this creates a lot of separation between us because this looks like um, I am the virus who can hurt you. You know, I not wear mask. Never, only when I have to go to some shop or somebody, some place where they don't allow me otherwise, you know. But mm. the, uh, two days ago, this happens to me. I was, I was walking to, in Palma in the city and one man came to me and started to scream, you have to put the mask. And I started to just feel this scream, but I, I was in, in, my, in my history, you know, and after street, Three times they screamed to me. I just turned around and he was watching to me really aggressive to tell me, you have to put the mask because otherwise you will just share the virus. And I, I didn't react. I just observed. I turned around my head and I just followed my way. And I was just thinking like, wow, I am, why am I am the problem? Why do you put me all your anger and your insecurity to me? I am. I am human like you and I want the best like you, but just I have a different way to, 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 to manage. And here there are, there are a lot of, uh, jud judging about this. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it's because I get in a personal way. And if you don't do what I do, you are the bad, you no, know? just to trying to put in a stick. And this 
I, I feel a lot of separation with the people to live judging that situation all the time. Because I, I can say to the people to come to my classes and my workshop, I don't know. I don't know. No, but yeah, in this kind of frequency, not we attract what we just project. The people to come to my class, they don't have this kind of troubles. And we are there mm -hmm. if nothing happens. Yeah, we know they are this virus. Or I think they are, they are this virus. But we can live same and we can get closer and we can help between us, no? Without trying to, to find who is the, 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 I don't know how to say in English, the culpable, you know, when you say the, no. the, the guilty, the guilty, you know, mm -hmm. this creates a lot of separation. And here is like this. Well, it's interesting because I think if one thing that has happened in this past uh, <clears throat> year, this experience is to show how much fear people have. And and this is, I think, the most surprising thing for me is, you know, I was maybe unaware that people had this much fear. It, it, it's it's incredible. Yeah, sure, it's true. And one thing is, before maybe the fear was high, but now they have a reason to have fear or to have, you know, and with the reason, this get uh, more more powerful, you no. Know? Yeah, yeah. I th one thing too, I was meditating in that uh, thing is here in, in Mallorca and I think in Spain, but I will talk to Mallorca. The people, if it's not distracting, working is on the bar drinking, you know, this, and I think this, <laughs> this uh, way to live is disconnecting to every emotion, just like an automatic, no, I'm going to work. And when I have free time, I go to the bar, I drink, eh, whatever happened with my emotional life, my family or nothing, just I have to do. And I do disconnected to the his own reality, their own reality, no? Yeah, well, I mean, when you are busy doing things, you don't have time to obsess about issues. You don't have time to focus on your anxieties or your fears or this type of stuff. But for one year now, a lot of people weren't distracted with their work or they weren't distracted with their social life. And they have to really look inside themselves and see what's going on with them. And I think this is going to be a, a huge transition the next several years because of the mental health issues that are associated with this isolation. And I think this is what we're seeing these days with this this aggressiveness towards other people. And uh, and we even see in the U.S. I mean, I come I've been now in the U.S. for almost a month, and. Yeah, it's very strange to be here. It, it, it's it's you see a lot of shootings happening now, right? The people shooting up things, and and the government says, "Oh, this is because of gun control, gun control." And it's not. It's because you've locked people up for one year, and you've taken away their jobs or their savings, or you've isolated them. Because even now that you're going out, if you're wearing a mask, you're still isolated. 
right? Think about when you walk down the street and you smile at someone that walks by you. That's a connection. It may not be a profound connection. It may be a very superficial connection, but it's a connection. And so when was the last time you had that connection with someone? Yeah. You know, you look at, I I was just talking about this the other day, is I watched this documentary, I don't know if it was 10 years ago or maybe even more, and it was called The War on Kids. And you can go watch it. It's quite interesting about when they started in the U.S. with this zero-tolerance policy, and they were very becoming very strict with the children. And one thing they did is they took a survey with all these kids that were in school. And the kids have, the, you know, when you're in, in school, you have the school newspaper that the kids in the school, they, they write for the school newspaper, and they put out these articles. And the school newspapers were being managed by the faculty. And so the, the faculty would approve or disapprove, disapprove the, the articles they wrote or make them edit them. And they asked the kids, they gave them a, a survey. They said, do you think the government should do the same thing with the newspapers? And I think it was over 60% that said yes. And now, now you look at what's happening today in society with this cancel culture, and if you say this, well, your whole life should be taken away. Well, these kids that were you know, at the age of, of being in school at this documentary uh, 10, 15 years ago, well, now they're the ones who are working in these corporations. And they're the ones who are on the social media saying, yes, we, we should kick them off social media because they don't agree with us. And this is we're seeing the effects of what we did to these children. So now what are the effects going to be 10 years from now of the kids that we've done this to? Yeah, it will be interesting, no? Well, well you, you think of a couple of things that, that I, I, I think of, you know, like I said, wearing the mask really cuts you off from, from people. Even if you're in the same store with them, you don't see them. You don't see their facial expressions. You don't see anything. So that even it's a not a profound, deep connection. There's no connection now when you go to the the supermarket and you're in line and there's people there because you 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 don't really see them. And then no one's really talking to each other either because of this. And you look at children or babies, how do they learn about emotional connection as they do this by by just intuition through connecting to the facial expressions of the parents and of the people around them? So now what if you were born a year ago? Everyone you've seen is, you know, or almost everyone you've seen when you leave the house is wearing a mask. How do you think this is going to affect their emotional connection? And then we look at this issue that we're having with violence, at least in the U.S., I think. And what's the number one characteristic of serial killers is that they don't feel the compassion for their victims. They don't feel the connection. And so are we going to become a more violent society or more disconnected society because these kids haven't learned this connection and also <clears throat> and also have been instilled with fear because I, I don't know but my experience is that they are a big part of the society to is changing and i'm really uh, for one part i'm i like it's like okay this happens and it's sad and it's painful for for people but i don't know because i am a positive person <laughs> but uh 
I, I observe like there are many persons who they are just um, ask if what wasn't do it before is what they want to do in the future, you know? And uh, because all my friends and the persons I, I know, not all, but the most of them, they can't do what they weren't do, you know? And they start to do like an alternative things because what they can get outside, they start to, to find inside. And for me, this is, is really nice because I think they are a part who is dying. And they are another part who is uh, just growing, no? I don't know, but I think in this moment to, to we are shaking everything, many things will be really positive. But I don't know what you are telling to me about the children. Yeah, it's difficult for me to... Yeah, I think it, you're, you're right. I think it's causing a lot of people to reevaluate their lives. I think it causes a lot of people to recognize that how important relationships are, right? I, I know lots of people through, through talking with them, they, they recognize this, that it's important to surround yourself with the, the people and to be connected. And so I think this is one positive thing, but I, I think there's some things that are going to really cause a lot of conflict. Yes, yeah, I, I'm agree. I think the this um, polarizations of the of the the energy will be more separate, no. And I, I think this will depend of the frequency of the 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 people, no, that uh, every each person, no, because I think for, maybe for some part of the children, they will develop this connection from the arc line and the subtle body. No, and kind of uh, this uh, subtle connection, but same deeper, no? And other people will disconnect totally because yeah. we we'll, will be not able to connect with this subtle frequency, no? I think maybe, maybe this will happen, no? In that way, to fear separation will be loud, but also the other way, no? We will develop this autosensorial uh sensation that will will start going in in a more subtle way you know well definitely there's always the the balance right yeah, there's one yeah, side yeah. that goes one direction and then there's the compensation yeah. for the other side and we see this in everything from politics to lifestyles to economics yeah. to everything and you know my experience now is just being back in you know when i was in india you couldn't even tell that there was a pandemic at least in rishikesh because no one is 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 living this way they just ignore it but being back in the U.S., you start to experience this. And I, I haven't been back in Europe uh, the, the past year, so I don't know how things are in Europe. Uh, have you been traveling around Europe at all, or are you sp staying just in, in Mallorca in Spain? Uh, I just I have been traveling just to Madrid, and the energy is really different. Mallorca is, is an island, and if they're not tourists, there are not too much people but uh, there are also this this um, fear state. You know, I can mm -hmm. feel when I go to watch my mom or my family. You know, but what, in my experience, my personal experience now, I have more people around me with another consciousness than before. I my experience is they are a big part with this kind of paranoid, mm -hmm. but there are another most bigger part with people that are searching something different because now they have time yeah. and they have, they, they have time and 
they feel this emptiness inside and there's something to just fulfill and to uh, give um, uh, sense to her life, to their life, no? For this, for me now, in Kulini, I have more students mm. than ever also with the gong because they feel something real, uh, real, no? Yeah, something that balances out what's happening outside of, of the yoga studio or happening in their life. Yeah, yeah. But it's true today are a lot of people today are just stuck in, in this fear and yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh interesting time. It's going to be like I said, interesting to see how all this kind of plays out. Uh a lot of you know, I think we're in a, a, a very strong time of change. You you look at even uh what was it? The U.S. government has admitted to UFOs, and so I think there's a lot of things that are, are going to be shaking up people's idea of what they think life is. Because really, isn't this what it did? Is It, it took your experience and said, well, now let's shake things up, and, and how is this experience? How are you relating to, to this life? Yeah, I think also if... This Kali Yuga, no, is the era of the truth. Mm -hmm. The truth will be from for all the forms, no. And if was fear, the fear will come out, no. To I think it is what start to happen. But also, if they are love, this also will be the truth, no. And I think for this, I'm really positive because I think, uh, yeah, the polarity will be. But I think before we were like with anesthesia, no, with no feeling. No sense of life. Now it's okay if I'm in this frequency of ag aggressivity and fear. Okay, this will be double or three times. But the people to feel something more real, more in this love uh, way to live, this will have also more more power in in life. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's forcing people to go within. It's it's just like. Uh, you may have had a balanced life because you went to your work, you had your family, you had all these distractions. You know, maybe you liked your job or didn't like your job, but it was a distraction. Yeah. And now many of these distractions have been removed. And so people are forced to start to look within and say, okay, how do I uh, deal with myself? And and that's, I think, why you have this person yelling at you to wear a mask on the street is because they haven't arrived at the situation of saying, okay, how do I deal with this myself? Yeah, totally. And if you have the kind of tools to allow you to connect with your, with your love, with your passions, with your possibility, I think one word to come to me and I really strong is opportunity. And opportunity is a door where you open, but you can open in many different ways, no? Yeah. But I think if there are people to just um, put on service, no, techniques to to connect with this truth, I think under all the uh, skins, the truth is love, mm -hmm. no? Just we need the time or the space to arrive to the source, no? Yeah, and I, I think this is what people have to do is find this way for them. You know, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's some other practice, or some, maybe it's some doing some other form of introspection or, or connection to themselves. But I, I think we have so much disconnection that there has to become this balance, and this balance has to go the other way, right? 
And so we've had a year of disconnection, so we need to compensate. Just like in politics, you have a, a very right-wing person, the next time you have a very left-wing person to balance this out, and vice versa. And the same thing is, you know, we've had this year of disconnection, so maybe the next years we're going to have this extreme connection. And maybe this is where society will start to go to compensate. Yeah, sure. And I think when some soul or some person have this experience of connection, you can turn around. You cannot see far away than this. No, or my experience was like this, where something touched me, something real mm -hmm. in me after I couldn't uh, watch away of this. And I think... This is the moment where the society or humanity it, it is no like in the darkness, but with the possibilities to to, to find something true, you no. Know? Right. So maybe this is a good place to end it on this positivity that we're all going to have great connections in the next couple of years to compensate for the disconnection of the past year. Now, are, are you teaching classes online, or are you just teaching them in person? What are you doing these days? I'm just in presence. Um, I'm teaching Kundalini, giving workshops and retreats here in Mallorca, in all the islands. Mm -hmm. And also I uh, give gong bath or individual therapies with sound healing and gong. And also I'm organizing a gong teacher training, no, gong training here in Mallorca with Bikrampal. And in September, we will start also a Kundalini teacher training mm -hmm. here in Mallorca. And I, I do all in presence now. Yeah. Okay. And who's doing the Kundalini teacher training in Mallorca? It's a Karam Kriya school from Shiv Charan, but the leader teacher will be Ardas and Seva Kaur and all this team. It's Karam Kriya, okay. Spain. Spain. Okay. All right. And so where can people find you if they want to take a, a trip to Mallorca? I, I have a lot of listeners in Europe, so it's a, a short flight to, to Mallorca. Where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, they can find me in Facebook or Instagram in LACMITSYNC and the number eight. You can find me there and I try to be <laughs> present to showing what I'm, what I'm served. Yeah. <laughs> So on, on Facebook and Instagram, Lakmeet Singh 8, L-A-K-H-M-E-E-T-S-I-N-G-H 8. Yes. And on Instagram and Facebook. Yes, they can find me there. All right, brother. Thank you for joining me today. It was nice to catch up with you and see how things are going with you. And uh, hopefully I'll be in Mallorca soon. Thank you to invite me. It's a big pleasure to me to be here. And yeah, I'm waiting uh, for you to, to do things here together. Thank you. Sadhanam. I'd like to tell you about Sing Flutes. These are flutes that are made by me. They're handcrafted Native American style flutes designed for sound healing. The flutes are tuned to the frequency of 432 hertz, the harmonic intonation of nature. The fundamental note of each flute is in a key to vibrate a particular chakra. Whether you are playing for others or yourself, listening to 432 hertz music resonates inside the body. In fact, they did a medical study where they hooked people up to a brain and heart monitor and played different instruments to them. The Native American style flute had the most impact in relaxing them. 
If you're a yoga teacher, it's a great instrument to incorporate into your classes. What I do is I have an app on my iPad that has the sounds of nature, and I'll put on the sounds of rain and play over this to the students at the end of the class. It's a very intuitive instrument to play. There's no musical knowledge necessary to get started. Each flute is unique since they're handmade. I put different artwork on them. I put mantras on them related to the chakras that they're tuned to. So go check them out at singflutes.com, S-I-N-G-H-F-L-U-T-E-S.com. Use the discount code, the story of me podcast and get 10% off. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed the program. If you'd like to connect with Lakmeet Singh, you can see his social media links on the episode description. And please continue to support the podcast by sharing it with a friend and making a donation at thestoryofmepodcast.com. On the contact page, there's a donate button and make a contribution to help support the expenses. And you can also connect with me on all social media. Okay, until the next time from the podcast that awakens your inner power through awareness and understanding, allow love to be the current that carries your words and actions. Why, Guru? Why, Guru?